Hello. So, I think this is going to be about inverting the light spectrum. So what I did was, I was looking at the planets, right? There are orbital periods around the sun. And then I was looking at the the planets as they are um, signs, signs to each other's chakras. It didn't really make any sense. So you got Mars is supposed to be of a lower nature, right? It's red. So supposed to be of a lower frequency but it's got a higher orbital frequency it takes about 1.9 years to do one orbit around the Sun compared with Jupiter or Jupiter or Saturn that have a longer frequency 11 point 11.9 years or 11.8 years and 29 years So how does that make sense? Jupiter and Saturn are supposed to be of a higher frequency. They're supposed to represent the higher mind The third eye So it doesn't really make any sense Which is why I was a bit confused Something just didn't add up Now, I don't know why... I, I, I can't see any reason why those planets have been associated with those particular chakras. I mean, and it's just... that's just... Uh, that's just an astrological system, right? It's just... Uh, what, they'll have the reason for it, right? But I, I can't see it just looking as... Just looking on, just observing it. I can't really understand why. Because you'd think it would be based on distance. How far or how close. But it's not. It's based on something else. So... So after that I went and looked at... Well, basically, I just plotted them out based on the orbital distances. So you have the sun at the bottom going all the way up to Pluto. And that makes sense in terms of the visible light spectrum. Because Pluto is the slowest, so it's got a higher wavelength or a longer wavelength. So even though it may move the slowest, it should have more of an effect 
because of the wavelength. It can travel. It can. The wavelength of its frequency can travel a further distance. So, if you wanted to say that Pluto is a physical object. Its uh, frequency should travel a further distance. I've got fucking stones in my shoe. It's pissing me down. Man. It's so annoying, this... Uh... This path is just full of fucking little stones because they... A council don't clean it. <laughs> the council, you pay them to clean it, they don't clean it. Okay, so back to where I was. So when you lay out the planets like that, right? So you got Mercury, the closest, and then Venus. And now what's interesting is when you work on that basis, distance from the sun, you get The chakras make more sense. So, at the closest to the sun, because the sun is emitting light, Mercury, oh, sorry, the sun is white. The sun is the crown. The son of God, right? So the sun is the crown, crown chakra. And then you move to the third eye and the throat chakra. These are both Mercury. Because on the RF spectrum, Mercury's in the position of violet, indigo, blue. And in the chakras, the third eye is indigo. And the throat is blue. Now, Mercury rules communication. But Mercury also rules the mind. People that have a strong Mercury tend to said to have a very quick mind. And I can attest to that. I can tend to answer questions before people have finished asking, asking them. Or I know... I've just got a very quick mind. Very quick. And there's also something else that's interesting. Mercury rules Gemini. Which is duality. Some people often call it like prison bars as well. And the way in which you communicate. Some people think that the prism that I was speaking about is first 
it's processed via the third eye first. So if you imagine let's just say it's processed by the third eye first. Alright, so that's what some people think. So Mercury rules the way in which you sense the world and the way in which you communicate in the world. That's kind of uh, that's kind of a Gemini thing, anyway. Well, it is it is quite a shitty day. It's just uh, grey and wet. just doesn't feel like <laughs> a good time to be walking there's a lot of cars as well so it's quite noisy have to keep putting the umbrella up and down because the bushes are all overgrown yeah so it might be I don't know might, maybe I'll cut this short uh, it's just I did have quite a lot of stuff it was kind of developing. So I kind of felt like I needed to talk about it. Not necessarily to conclude anything because I was still, it was still developing whilst I was at home, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to keep repeating the same things over and over. Like I was sketching diagrams on the whiteboard and then... Yeah, it felt... It felt like it might be better to just talk about it. So... Let me try and get back to the point... Where it'll make sense. So... After Mercury and Gemini, you then get to Venus, the heart. Venus is always associated with love. That's typically the heart. And Venus rules Taurus. And Taurus is typically thought to be a bull. But if you've done any if you've done any research on alternate theories on energetics or magnetics, there are theories on the heart being like a toroidal field. having something similar to a magnetic field or if you cut an apple in half as a similar theory that that's how the that's also an expression of the field around the earth fuck me it's so noisy sorry just because the road is wet 
so many cars speeding by. Should get to a quieter part in about 10 minutes. So yeah, Taurus the bull. And it's red and blue, right? Red bull. Taurus is a bull. The heart is red. Red bull. The cans are red and blue, right? And the heart chakra, the color is green. The midpoint between the two extremes, between red and blue. So maybe that's what Red Bull is an expression of. Maybe it gives you wings because I don't know if it's because of the taurine or the caffeine, um, but it could be because it elevates your heart rate. And maybe it's the the expansion and contraction of your your heart, your vessels, that is the wings flying. You're not physically flying, but your heart is fluttering. I think that's probably a play on words, and that's maybe what they mean. The key components of the drink make your heart flutter. <laughs> At least that's what it used to do to me. I used to get bad heart palpitations after um, after some time. I couldn't even have one sip of it. So then after Venus, you get sacral, which is Mars, which is Aries. Fucking... <laughs> I would have walked a different route but I know it would have been it would have been the same it probably would have been worse because at least uh, this road is leading to to a place that's not really used by anyone it's uh like an old reservoir or something people typically only walk up there at the weekend so it's generally quite quiet so your sacral chakra is the midpoint just below your breastbone color orange sorry did I say sacral I meant solar plexus solar plexus Mars Mars is ready orange. Solar plexus, I think, is orange or yellow. I think it might be yellow. And Aries. Actually, I'll get to that. I'll get to that after I've um, spoken about them all.
so after after the sacral sorry fuck after the solar plexus you have the sacral which is sort of I think it's just below your belly button you can kind of like call it your gut maybe your gut instinct maybe that's where that is and your sacral is give me a second Jupiter Jupiter Yeah, your sacral is Jupiter, which represents Pisces. Which is like your... Pisces is a water sign, so... Your... Waters are in that region. If you are pregnant... That's where your waters are. And then right at the bottom, you've got your root, which is Saturn and Capricorn. Now some of these, some of these planets rule multiple houses. I think there's only Jupiter, Saturn and Mars and Mercury. Yeah, so nearly all of them. But for what I'm demonstrating, it doesn't really, doesn't really make a difference. So, fuck me, the noise is really annoying now. Don't know why I'm just like really, feeling really sensitive to the noise of going on around. Let me just get across these roads. There's a few, few walkers about. Don't know if they're zombies or, or what. Okay, so you've got your chakras, right? Now where you've got your, ah, oh, fucking zombies coming this way. <laughs> So you've got your crown, your crown chakra at the top of the head, right? And then you've got your third eye and your throat. So your third eye and your throat. Oh man. Nearly there. So you got your... Fuck it, let me just explain it. So you got a cross, right? So if you go from the top 
from your third eye down to your root, just below your belly button. Your root's actually at the base of your back, your tailbone. But just for ease, just look down to your belly button. So you've got one line down, and then the line across goes across your shoulders, which crosses through the solar plexus. Right, so if you put your arms out, you're forming a cross. So what this cross means, it wasn't just uh, in a story, right? It wasn't just Jesus on a cross. What you got is these energy centers running down the middle of the cross and then across. So you're... Let's give it a minute. Just going through a tunnel. Makes it a little bit noisier. Yeah, another one coming. Another one. Okay, so you've got a cross on your body. And now if you look at the look at the solstice and the equinox. The solstice is the high and the low point of the sun. It marks the high and the low point. The high point, summer solstice, Gemini. Third eye, throat chakra. Sun at the head, the crown, right? That's where the sun is crowned. At the height of that, that's summer. That's the best part, that's the best time of the year, right? Unless you don't like the sun. Now the equinox represented by Mars and the solar plexus, Aries, is the spring equinox. Spring equinox. And then you've got the autumnal equinox, which is Virgo, which I haven't mentioned. I'll need to look at that. So the, the equinox, the spring equinox leads up to the summer solstice. And then from the summer solstice it goes back down to the... I say the solar plexus. So maybe... Mars. Mars is not Virgo, I think it's Mercury. I'd need to have a look at that. But anyway, you go down to the root, down to the root chakra, Capricorn, the winter solstice. So the 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 two extremities on your body, the head and your your sexual organs, your sacral. They're the two extremities on your torso, on your toroid, torus field. And they 
they can express the the movement of the sun and if you think summer is hot now this is where I got into a bit of a bit of a confusion with the inversion of the visible light spectrum because cold and hot the colours that represent them are not accurate the colours are added for a different reason and it's to do with inversion so hot water hot water we associate hot water with red red denotes hot but in terms of energy red is low frequency we don't associate hot with low frequency we associate high frequency with hot which is blue or white so this kind of threw me a little bit until I actually wrote down and drew the different uh, expressions because when it's in your head it's uh, it can take a little bit longer to see it or to recognize it so your root chakra red low frequency autumn or sorry winter cold low frequency summer high frequency hot blue winter red Who was the cold art? Who was the cold war with? The Red Army. So I think that is that's another expression of one the solar cycle the movement of the sun throughout the year the movement of energy across the RF spectrum high frequency to low frequency your urges your sexual urges are typically deemed to be low frequency requires no thought Whereas something that does require thought is typically identified with the mind, which is high frequency. Now you'll notice there's some planets that are not included 
Some people think that they extend up into the, the torus field of the body. But I've got nothing to express that that I found. The only thing that I did find was you've got the sun, the sun at the bottom, which represents white. And light or energy emits fast. And then you go to darkness or black, Pluto, Pluto and Saturn. And actually just Pluto, because you've got Uranus and Neptune in between, you need to explain those in some way. And I don't really have an explanation or an expression for them yet. But you've got Pluto at the opposite end, which is typically denoted as being dark, occult, 12th house. It's mysterious. It's all about death and rebirth and transformation. But it's typically like... I don't know, it's, it's unseen stuff, it's occult, hidden, in the dark. So... Nothing stopped raining. So you've got the sun which emits... Which emits fast. And you've got Pluto which moves slow. Something like 284 years or something for it to move. But I think that's just denoting its frequency. I think it's just denoting at what scale, or sorry, what positioning energy it represents. Which is uh, the unknown, the occult. That's an expression of solar cycle in what I believe the chakras would be uh, based on the perceived distance. Because it's the distance that gives the frequency. The, the, in quotes, the closer it is to the sun, the higher the frequency. The further away from the sun, quote, the lower the frequency. So when they when they declassified Pluto as a planet, I think it was 13 years ago, 2009. I wonder why they did that. They said it was due to its size. Does it just mean that 
could just mean that it was operating at a frequency that was I don't know outside outside particular bounds or something or something about it had changed or maybe the sun wasn't emitting at that frequency anymore so it disappeared That's a point actually, I don't know if you, I've never actually tried to look for Pluto in the sky. I don't know if it is something that's visible with the naked eye. But maybe, that, maybe, maybe that's all they were hinting at, that it's a change in frequency that's causing it to not be perceivable anymore whatever it is so okay so I guess I'd better close that bit off because I just keep I feel like I'm just repeating myself um, so that's an expression of the solar cycle and the chakras in the body and the aura spectrum from the root up to the head low frequency to high frequency so now so now when you get into the topic of hot and cold hot is denoted as red cold is denoted as blue but energetically they don't make sense hot water is not <laughs> see this is this is the difficulty in it right you can't say hot water is not blue of course it's not water is not blue unless you either die into it but we typically associate blue with cold that's what we're told But it's an inversion because energetically blue is high frequency which means fast moving particles or whatever you want to call them things are moving fast so there's friction there's resistance which which is what creates the heat so energetically blue is hot Energetically, red is cold because at the red end of the spectrum, things aren't moving as quickly, things aren't moving about as much. Energetically, it might just be a, a room temperature glass of water. Or we could just say, yeah, just a room temperature glass of water. There's nothing much happening. It's not cold. It's just lukewarm. Okay, so why is it inverted? 
energetically it makes sense energetically red we see something red we see fire it's hot We see something, something that might have the appearance of blue or no color. So it could be cold, cold water, ice cube, ice, glaciers. But then when you get into like in daily life your hot and cold taps it's, it's inverted and the reason why it's inverted is because now this if the sun is emitting high frequency Right, so we see the blue in the sky, yeah? We see the green. Now the red we'd be able to see if we could see through the ground or if there's a hole in the ground deep enough to see it, right? Be able to see the darkness at least. Now that's kind of a trick of the eye. Or not really a trick of the eye, it's a trick of the... Trick of the something. But what happens is, when we see, when light is processed, it's inverted. So red, we see it first. Even though red is at the end of the spectrum, it's slow. But we see it first because it's inverted. Now it must be the brain that's inverting it. Right? So it must be the brain that's inverting it, but it isn't, is it? Unless rainbows are an inversion as well. Because with a rainbow, it goes from red to violet. So red is the top. Now that's an inversion of what we see in the sky. In the sky, you see blue, then green, you don't see any red. But if there was, say, a red object around, or a red sign, you would see the red sign before anything else. And that's got to be the way that the brain processes it. It's got to invert the light to see the lower end of the spectrum first. Which is why in uh, emergency situations, you never see blue. 
you never see like a blue sign telling you that something something bad has happened blue signs are always they've always got information on them because they're supposed to be processed by the lower uh, the higher mind and red signs are the urges they're the things that you should do the things that you see first the things that you should just do but it's a bit of a head fuck because energetically it's the other way around the sun the sun emits light right so now this is where I'm thinking the sun emits the light Now, is this some kind of radio transmitter? <laughs> it must exactly. It must be exactly that, right? It must be like a radio transmitting, broadcasting. Because if it's a continuous broadcast, then closer to the sun, you'll just get higher frequency. The further away you'll get the lower frequency so the closer we get to the sun we shouldn't really be able to see anything I mean we wouldn't be able to not with our eyes because the wavelength is going to be extended back it's going to be where we came from we're travelling towards it right now if we're travelling towards it we're going closer to the shorter wavelength which means we're going away from visible light and likewise if you went further away from the sun you're moving out of the visible light spectrum again so That's something I didn't think about until now. But that's interesting. How would you answer that? How would you say, like, at what distance? Actually, you know that because they know the wavelengths of visible light. If you go beyond and you measure the, you, you won't be able to fucking, you won't be able to see it. You go to the point where you cannot see it anymore. So, in quote, if you went to the end of the universe, you should not be able to see anything unless you were close to an object emitting RF. That might be why all you get is computer images. 
because you can you can capture the data you can capture the information there may be something broadcast but it's outside your perceivable uh, you, you can't see it so you would have to take that information and then somehow process it process it in a way so that it fits within visible in the visible light spectrum and then you you would have a perspective but it wouldn't be an accurate perspective because the information you've captured is from let's call it a different dimension and you're trying to make it perceivable in your dimension your dimension being visible light you've taken something from outside the visible light spectrum and you're trying to make it perceivable in the visible light spectrum So that's only going to be as good as your algorithm or your your processing power or whatever. Whatever you're doing to produce these images. They aren't things that have been seen and observed. They're things that have been captured in from energy on a different frequency. Yeah. That's what I think. So, seeing red first. Now, based on what I just said, you are going to see red in the spectrum first, aren't you? Because that's going to be the lowest frequency. That's going to be the thing that you'll see first. So, you see it from red to blue, not blue to red. Which is still kind of an inversion because you can see the blue sky, green, Garden of Eden, and then the red and the darkness underneath you. Now, I guess it depends on your perspective, doesn't it? Because if you were stood below ground level where you could see the lava, you could see the darkness the oranges and the yellows then you could look up and you could see the green and you could see the blue but you would have to be hanging upside down you'd have to be like the hanged man to see things as they really were in terms of your eye you see what I mean there's still a little bit of confusion going on there It's almost like a little bit of cognitive dissonance. Where I'm like, wait, no, it can't be can't be true. It can't be it can't be right. But it is. You can see things. You can see red to blue, blue to red. You look up and down, blue to red. You look right and left. And then you hang you, you hang upside down, like the hangman, and you get a different perspective. You see red to blue. Which is a more accurate portrayal of how you're seeing things in your eye. 
you see the red first and then the blues interesting very interesting because this is not what I get I hadn't come to any conclusion so I guess this was all still thought and process kind of thing so this kind of like I don't know I can see it leading into other things like you've got you've got fire right which is hot it can burn white white hot it can burn red hot and you can have a cold flame as well right like isn't that a blue flame isn't it it's like a plasma cold plasma I don't know, that, that's something that's something else though. So yeah, the whole the whole temperature thing is kind of backwards. But it makes sense. It, it has to be inverted because you could hurt yourself if you turn on the hot tap. So you have to have it in red. I mean, I think that's, I think that's the reason, right? It's because it's, it's a warning. It's warning you, like, hey, this is hot. Even though it could just say hot on it. Typically just has a H and... Uh, H and it's covered in red. Oh, fuck's sake. So many cars. All coming from one direction. Alright, fuck it. Yeah, just my luck. As I press the button to cross the road, all the cars would stop. I fucking lost my. Right. Yeah, I was trying to get across the road quickly because it was. See, that's quite weird. Yeah, I was just I was trying to get across the road quick because there was somebody. Like the the, I don't. Today's a bit weird. I'm just a little bit, a little bit on top. I think. Just seemed to be frustrating me just being outside, but it was um, 
yeah this doesn't normally happen but there was a person walking on the side of the road I was crossing to and there's I mean literally there's never normally any people around there <laughs> and uh, yeah she's dressed all in purple and purple and violet which I thought was interesting anyway yeah the hot and cold thing is a uh, bit of a messed up your head kind of thing it's just like yeah you kind of get why it's like that but you don't get why it's like that it's it's purely the not to represent what is what is actually coming out of the tap it's not highly yeah I almost got run over again <laughs> fucking hell this uh, this road is bad it's a roundabout right so on a roundabout there's markings which means you stop so no matter what no matter what you stop at those markings and you're supposed to check for cars then you go all of the cars well probably one one two three three junctions yeah three they um they don't stop they just drive because they've driven around there so many times that it's like habit I've had cars almost hit me in the morning like 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning when I'm driving to the train station it's because they do it every day and because there wasn't a car yesterday or the day before there's not going to be a car there today so anyway the yeah the hot and the cold thing it doesn't really describe energetically what's coming out yeah I think I know why there's so many people or seemingly so many people around today there's a hotel It looks like all the people were staying in there. <laughs> oh, what? So, yeah, it doesn't really describe energetically what's coming out of the tap. All it's doing is serving to inform you or to warn you. So what about when they use red and blue in other things? Like I said, it's... Uh, I think it's typically, when they're used together, it's typically used to confuse you. Like the use of black and white, the use of red and blue, the opposites, the extremes. And it's not really to take a position, it's just to take a state of confusion. Because 
you've got the red which is warning you of something dangerous but then, then you've got the blue that's making you stop and think so I think that's I think that's why they do it it's not real I don't think it's it's not really signifying anything else because there's so many so many countries that share the same colours on their flags the United States and the UK that doesn't really doesn't really make much sense but when you see it when you when you look at it that's the it tells you immediately red blue white The red being the the like danger, and the blue being the thought. But it's almost like a a balancing aspect. Kind of, but it's balancing two extremes. Going from one extreme to the other extreme, which is typically how the political parties are set up. You have uh, political parties that pretend to be middle of the ground, like Green Party. They're green because it's middle of the spectrum. And because they care about nature. Or at least that's what they have to care about because green is. Green is. That's nature, isn't it? So if they didn't, the party wouldn't really make much sense. But that's what the. I think that's what the flags symbolise. It's just a uh, division. It's like one extreme or the other. There's no no real in between because the the white split into the red and the blue. Division. And it's the same in the states, but the states they have what 52 or 51 star 52 stars representing each of the states so each of the states is a star so each each person that's born represents the state not themselves because they don't have a they don't have a star on the flag only the state does
So I'm probably going to have to go back to the beginning of this and figure out what... Figure out a name. I can't remember. Probably... Yeah, I don't know. I'm not really... I think my mood's just completely gone now. It's just. Yeah, so I think I'm just gonna. It's gonna end it there. I just wanted to. I don't know, provide. Like a work in progress kind of thing, I guess. That there's, uh, I guess, other expressions of the same thing, just from different perspectives. And the hanged man—that that wasn't an aspect I considered. But I didn't. I knew. I knew something was inverted somewhere, but I thought it was done. I thought it was done by the brain, but I don't know, I guess, I guess if you looked at a prism, actually, that's a, that's a point, actually. I was actually going to talk about the observer effect. Because isn't it the observer that there may be a range in the frequencies in a certain order based on how it's processed rather than how it's actually structured? So a prism, prism could be considered an observer because it's channeling the white light and then it's it's outputting, outputting the split light. So it could be, could be different. Could be the complete opposite. So if you looked at a prism, a rainbow, obviously we see red first, but whether that's because Know, more confusing food for thought. Yeah, well, that was something I thought about as well. The the observer effect, whether it was the person or the prism that is Outputting the free outputting the frequencies in a certain order. Anyway, I think that's it for now. So I'll catch you later.